Hello, everyone, and welcome to Starship Podcast Warlock. My name is Drew. My name is Jeff. And we are watching Blackadder 3, Episode 3, today. Uh, and we uh, have done something a little strange this time around. Um, we're recording the segments of this episode out of order. And the reason is that Jeff informs me uh, that there are a lot of uh, special guests in this episode, and it's more fun if you don't know that they're coming. Uh, so if you, like me, don't know or don't remember who they are, you might want to do the same thing, uh, which means you stop listening to this part right now, you skip ahead to the second segment, which is us watching the show, and then you can continue through the end of that and loop back to this one. Or you could just shuffle them up and listen to them in whatever order you want. The choice is yours. Podcast so, version of 52 Pickup, I like it. <laughs> I Or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... We're about to reveal who they are uh, because we have watched the episode already and this is oddly disconcerting. Uh, So if you don't want to hear that, now is a good time to pause and then come back to it. I'll give you a second to do that. All right, it's time to reveal things. Uh, The three special guests in this episode are Tim McInerney, Nigel Planer, and... Red Dwarf's Chris Berry. I assume, Jeff, that the one you had in mind for us to talk about their career was Chris Berry. Am I right? Uh, yes, given the fact that uh, that the other two have already been featured in the uh, in the show at this point, by process of elimination, yes. we come to Chris. Well, uh, I don't remember us talking about either of their careers, so we could do a little brief uh, uh, touch on them as well if we wanted to. Well, I mean, I think for for Nigel, we certainly talked about um, talked about. Um, the history oh, we of, did, didn't of we? yeah of of the different young ones. I mean, for him, it's you know he was paired with Peter Richardson, and so um, a lot of his stuff was uh, um, you know different as opposed to uh, Aiden and um, Aiden Rick being uh, paired for a lot of their stuff. Um, and Nigel, I think we talked about the fact that he did a lot of stuff on on uh, West End and Broadway. Uh, I think he originated the role of the wizard in the West End mm. version of Wicked, um, among other things. Um, you know, Tim McInerney, we talked about before that that he kind of went off into more serious roles. Uh, mm-hmm. He hasn't done a lot of comedy, and of course, even when he comes back in the, uh, I mean, and he was kind of serious in this one, even though it was partially funny. But when he comes back. Uh, next season, uh, the character that he's playing is is entirely um, a straight man, and then uh, we see him be things like Lord Glover in um, in the latter seasons of Game of Thrones and the mm-hmm. uh, the boss of the Ood in um, in uh, Blackadder, and he's just playing a straight up uh, straight Doctor up bad Who. guy. Yeah, oh, sorry, yes, and uh, and playing a straight up bad guy at that point. So, um, uh, um, yeah, I mean, he was there was something else I was going to mention that he did that I just. Uh, looked at maybe it was the Game of Thrones thing mm. I, I thought it was something else though yeah I'm pretty sure we we mentioned some of this before but you know in case you in case this is the first episode that you've listened to and you haven't listened to us beforehand what are you thinking but thank you for joining us <laughs> weird uh, even more disconcerting than this weird time thing we're doing right now um, he was in a bunch of films he was in something I don't know if the Casanova is... No, it's not. It's the Heath Ledger Casanova, which I've never seen. I thought it was it the David Tennant one, but it was not. Uh, yeah, he's done a lot of things that I haven't seen. 
Though, as I recall, didn't Chris Barry actually... Uh, Chris Barry have a little bit of appearances in The Young Ones as well? So, in a way, we've seen... Uh, I don't know. Bit. We'll find out. Hmm. Oh, gosh. Uh, Tim McInerney was in This Woman's Work, the video with Kate Bush. A lot of these people have been in Kate Bush videos. Huh. They all um, know each other. Uh, I'm, I'm jumping ahead to Chris Barry, but... Chris Barry was the voice of Ronald Reagan in the video to the Genesis song "Land of Confusion." Oh my God! Really? In, yes, as in oh, because it's one heck of a nurse. Yes, it's one hell of a nurse. Mm-hmm. I've I've said that many many times over the years, and I had, had no idea it was him. Before you completely jump over to him, though. Oh um, yes, I'm sorry. I, I do want to say uh, that, that another Kate Bush connection to Blackadder. I think actually I might have mentioned this before. I must have taken uh, that that same pill that they do in this episode, but um, she and Rowan Atkinson did a song for Comic Relief. I remember saying that now. So let's mm-hmm. skip ahead to Chris Barry. I don't uh, know why you want to continue to talk about Kate Bush. Uh, <laughs> I mean, why not? But I mean, that's a very different episode. Um, oh he, yeah, he was Laura Croft's butler. Yep, in I, the Tomb Raider film. I remember that. He was the ship's captain in the wall poster cutscene during Nasty. Oh, that's right. Because uh, he wanted to engage the woman as ship's cook and hedgehog. Mm-hmm. Yep. I remember that now. Yep. Wearing a similar hat, I think. Somewhat. Uh, he was Ronald Reagan in Two Tribes by Frankie Goes to Hollywood as well. Yeah. that's And Prince Charles on tag from Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a very interesting... Um, Mix, yeah. Let's let's talk about his other stuff and then loop back to Red Dwarf. I imagine you have some stuff to say about that. A little bit. Uh, let's see what else we have here. I think we may have hit a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the highlights. The voices of Jif Microliquid. Yeah, no I idea got, what that is. I got nothing. Oh, he was. Uh. He was on another Frankie Goes to Hollywood song as, I guess, a DJ banning the single Relax, which is pretty funny. He, he was in three Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Yeah, interesting, interesting uh, crossover. Oh, Art of Noise. Worked with them. Yeah, it's funny, though. I do remember you know seeing him in Tomb Raider and, and going like, wait, what? What the hell? Yeah, I, I'm a little surprised, but he he doesn't seem to have as long of a filmography as I sort of expected. I guess he spent a lot of time doing Red Dwarf. That's true. And um, of which, you know, he's done a fantastic job. I assume everybody here hopefully has seen him as uh, as Arnold Ace Rimmer. Um, <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go, go ahead. You were, you were going to say. Well, I was just going to say, let's talk about Red Dwarf a little bit. Okay. Um, I think I've mentioned before that it wasn't something that I kind of like... Uh, got seriously into, um, I think because, you know, I recognize the reason why it feels kind of small uh, to me now uh, in those early episodes was because, of course, they were filming a sitcom, so they were going to reuse the same sets, you know, and, and kind of just have the four of them do things. But when you're on a spaceship that supposedly, like, generations of cats have evolved into a humanoid cat and, like, all these things. Red Dwarf, the spaceship was supposed to be huge, wasn't it? Kind of, yeah. I mean, in- okay, yeah. So, like, it, it felt to me at the time like there should be more science fiction in this, but I was ignoring the fact that it's basically just a sitcom 
set in space. But I guess it got more elaborate as time went on, right? Well, that that is true. And actually, uh, on the other hand, I actually think it worked better when it worked more as a sitcom and less mm. of the science fiction. When they got more of a budget, I think it was less interesting, to be honest. Um, and uh, and they did have stuff like they did the backwards episode and uh, and a couple of I'd say the ones the early episodes were where they stuck more to kind of exploring little science fiction related uh, things, and it kind of feels like I feel like Futurama owes a little bit to. Uh, to mm. it in that regard although maybe rick and morty uh, rick and morty obviously you know i mean i think they were inspired by something like silent running as well with a guy kind of being trapped alone in in space i mean we oh could, yeah huh. we could talk about sort of voyager and the holographic doctor um being potentially a little bit inspired as well mm-hmm. but um like uh, yeah it's funny uh Red Dwarf and um, and Abfab are the two shows that like I feel like if you could put if you could drop something down after like maybe three seasons or four seasons or maybe maybe all the way to six for for uh, Red Dwarf but I'd say three for Abfab and drop it there and say I'm done here like that's a show mm-hmm. that I would gladly go go ahead and and do I f- uh, but on the other hand I feel like it long since worn out its welcome but when it was good it was. It was very good. I, I love, I especially love the first two seasons of Red Dwarf, um, mm-hmm. very much so. And and um, and various episodes of the later seasons. I mean, you know, once Crichton comes on. Um, all right, the, my favorite shot of Red Dwarf is Chris Barry wearing a gingham dress and having a uh, <laughs> having a, a penguin puppet on his head uh, on his hand as he has gone completely. Deadly and oh, Mister Fribble, Mister Fribble, yes, um, I remember that. Yes, uh, that that's probably my favorite dwarf episode. <laughs> Quarantine. Um, that one was pretty good. Oh yeah, um, as I recall, I I guess uh, I, I feel like I remember us marathoning that in slash after college. I I, I don't even think it was after college. I think it was during um, at various points. I remember. Um, yeah, you you showed that to me not too long. After you first showed MST to me, it might, although it might have been during the summer and one and one of our summer hangouts or something like that, but uh, it was still during college. I did I introduce you to this? Oh yes, you did. You did. Holy um, crow! As with the young ones, as with Blackadder, yeah. Um, I had no idea. Yeah, I just assumed that you know about everything before I do. Yeah, I know. It's it's a. Uh, it's funny. I, I I shouldn't tell you all these things. I should make you think <laughs> that I am. I am so, oh yeah, I introduced you to Red Dwarf. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, my bad memory. You can do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, yeah, I remember us uh, over at uh, Becca's house watching it. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I certain uh, part of which I was going to bring up. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, hold on. Um, we're we're going to turn this off for a second and then talk amongst ourselves and then come right back. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's exactly what I was going to bring up. That's I, I yep. have yep. I have specific memories of watching it in that place and watching like an MST episode as well. And and mm. um, yeah, those are fun times. Oh, was that was that the setting for Astro Boy toy? <laughs> Pardon me. I'm I think it my, was, wasn't I, it? I'm going to pour myself another drink. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was. There oh we go. Oh my gosh! I don't know if you could hear that, but that's the sound of scratch um, being open. I. I was about to tell the story, but I, I think we just wear out our welcome with our podcast listeners. Suffice to say... You can edit it later. <laughs> um, basically, we, we just had to explain a lot of jokes to a friend of ours, uh, and it was a lot of fun. 
That's all. Oh, see, I, I, I thought you were referring to somebody else. What? Um, talk. It's funny. Yeah, that's what I was mm-hmm. talking about. Okay, I sorry, talk. I thought you were referring to something else. Yes. Um, nope, nope, Okay, nope, nope. never mind. Uh, well, anyway, after that inside joke has wrapped up, um, yes, we did watch a fair amount of Red Dwarf. Um, enjoyed it. Uh, and I, I doubt I got past season three. But you, you like had the books, every though, now didn't and then. you? I, I didn't have the books. There I was thought... a book. But yeah. There were, there were multiple books. Yeah, but I only had one. Okay. Yeah. It was like the beginning of it. So yeah. it, it kind of explains more about uh, the whole situation and feels a little more science fiction-y, which is maybe kind of why I had that weird impression of it. Interesting. But yeah, um, they've... I guess they've only had 74 episodes now that I look at this. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, you know, they would do six episode seasons or, or eight episode mm-hmm. seasons or whatever. And, and uh, there was a huge hiatus after season six, really. So that was only about 36 episodes at that point. And, and like, I feel like they could have stopped at that point. They could have... St- actually, I take that back. Like, there's uh, a little bit of spoilers that um, Rimmer leaves for a while for like a couple seasons and eventually comes back. And actually his leaving episode, which was not till season seven. That's actually a pretty good episode. Um, Mm. Looking at this, uh, I see that uh, Holly changed in season series three. So I definitely saw that. Mm -hmm. I definitely saw after Crichton became a regular, which apparently was also series three. And then of course season, was it five or six where they, they, they lose the red dwarf and they end up with Starbug instead. So they're, then they are, are actually on a little much smaller ship at that point. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw some of that. So maybe I have watched through season series six, but that was it. Yeah, and then seven or eight or whatever, they eventually end up back in Red Dwarf, and then the, the crew gets resurrected again. They end up with <laughs> R- Rimmer leaves, and they end up with an alternate universe, Kachansky. Um, yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's funny how I can watch something like this and not remember it, whereas like. I remember so many things from young ones. I guess it's just what you reinforce when well, you quote it all the time. It's true. On the other hand, you know, I mean, again, you're enjoying the hell out of this season of uh, of Blackadder, um, uh, as far as I can tell. So, uh, oh yes, like I mean, and and not just pleasantly. Like I think you're really, really enjoying this, if I may say so myself. Um, <laughs> yes, your writing is terrific. Yes, uh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean. It it is uh, it is very enjoyable. Um, it's going to be very difficult to rank this, especially to interleave it with series two in particular mm-hmm. when we get to that. So I'm not relishing that. I don't know why we do these ranking things. They're so difficult. And I changed my mind as soon as I've done it. Well, that's part of the fun. <laughs> well, speaking of fun, uh, maybe now is a good time for us to... Uh, go into the episode. Of course, we have already gone into the episode. Um, but if anyone is listening to this in order, because they're like spoilers, I don't care. Um, we're about to go into the episode. So, uh, I guess we'll take a short break now. And when we come back, if you're listening to this in order, you'll watch episode three of Blackadder three. All right, it is time to watch episode three of Blackadder 3. Uh, and I don't know the title yet. I haven't 
looked at that yet. It I have knob seen a st- and nobility. Knob and nobility. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. I I have seen a still of it now, so I think I know who one of the guest stars is. Curses. I didn't quite recognize Foil. the other one. Ooh, I think I know who that is too. Now that I think about it, there are three guest stars in this one. I Ooh, all right. So I definitely don't know the third one. Well, technically, there there are two kind of guest stars and one more of a cameo. But at any rate, yeah. Okay, so let's get into the episode then. Uh, before we give too much away, uh, are you ready, Jeff? I am. All right. So as always, I will count down three, two, one, play. We'll all hit play at the same time and enjoy some Blackadder. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. That's a very mellow intro. It is. There's no snakes. I don't like that. I do miss the snake. I do. But there's snakes. Snake. Hey, look, it's the Vashta Narada. (laughs) Knob and nobility. But I like garlic. Gross. But not Crunchy Frog. (laughs) All right, Black Adder. There'll be no more cruelty to cats. It's a beauty mark. (laughs) (laughs) 
He's in a good mood. So, two <laughs> of three. Yep. So we've got Percy mm-hmm. and Neil. Mm-hmm. And we we Swadwick. And knit. Yay, Pilchard. (laughs) 
<laughs> I used to go to Bedlam Barbershop. Thus ended the history lesson for the evening. You might have to go to Spain for that. This makes me think of a certain episode of series two. Mm-hmm. In the Pinocchio sense. <laughs> not wrong dim dim <laughs> <laughs> when did the revolution end? Well, I mean, what is it? 1830 is when the restoration happened in France. I forget, mm. but but yeah. So when we think of French Revolution, we think of late 1700s as opposed to early 1800s. But uh, uh. but it. Went on for a little while. 
Oh my god. For once, not a turnip. That can be our lucky willy. <laughs> My lucky gonk. I bet Nursey had one. <laughs> and now, cameo number three. Oh, I thought maybe this was the cameo. Smeghead. <laughs> He's got a fine French accent. I think this was pretty or close to the beginning accent. of the, around the first season of Red Dwarf. 
It's around 1987 or so. Uh-huh. <laughs> I like to think this is an audition for Rimmer. <laughs> It's a good audition. Oh God. Jesus Christ. I guess Hugh Laurie wasn't uh, there to be able to torture somebody with an outrageous accent. I think Baldrick and Nursey would have made a nice item. <laughs> they could have had wonderful conversations.
<laughs> Only for Norway. Queasy. <laughs> I think I've seen her in Silent Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Neil. <laughs> Thingy, is it shaped like a turnip? <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite deliveries.
<laughs> that guy kills me. I love you still got half of it on, half off. <laughs>
<laughs> uh, that's a great expression. Ah, uh, yes. I do feel like that episode ends on a high note. Yep. I did not even recognize that, that was Percy. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Uh, good outfit. Although if you go back and watch it now, it'll be bloody obvious. But, uh, oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. But it was nice not to know ahead of time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'd forgotten that we get to see them ahead of time without the uh, without their outfits. No money returned. So at first I'm like, okay, the the jig is up. That uh, you obviously get to see who uh, two of them are right off the bat. But uh, I didn't recognize Nigel Planer at first. Yeah. Um, like damn. in the still, in the still. But uh, yeah. after that, I did. Oh damn. But it was funny, I was looking at Chris Berry and I'm like, who is that? He is so familiar looking. And for some reason, I did not peg him. But uh, obviously, now I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, um, I I giggled the second that he popped in the very first time. Um, uh, yeah, I, he, he does such a great job of playing assholes, or I should say smegheads, I suppose. Um, <laughs> He's, he's perfect casting for that. Like I said, I think it's right around when, when uh, I'm pretty sure the first season of Red Dwarf was 87, so that should be pretty close. I know for French Revolution, by the way, like technically it ends in 1800, right? And you have Napoleon and stuff like that. And then mm -hmm. you have, and then you have, um, you know, the, most of the 19th century was in turmoil for, you know, there was the restoration, there was blah, 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 blah. There was, you know, let's go to Les Mis and all that um, going back in <laughs> a, a couple of, you know, get, getting a couple decades in at that point. Um, so, yeah, this fudges things a little bit. I forget when Scarlet Pimpernel, when the real story is supposed to take place. But, you know, it's... That, that whole history is a mess. I can't really keep it straight because it's... it's. Uh, I feel like uh, it's the equivalent of the Monty Python Swamp Castle that uh, that government <laughs> fell over, sank into the swamp. Oh, they did have a time of it, didn't they? Those Frenchies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um... Well, uh, I'll go first this time. I really liked that episode. That was a lot of fun. Um, I don't really remember what it was that annoyed me about the series so far. I mean, there is a little bit of that kind of um, uh, you know, pause while I deliver this elaborate, uh, carefully enunciated insult thing. But it, it doesn't seem as egregious as it did in my memory. Yeah, I mean, it, it is true, like I said, that I think once they realize that this is a good formula to work with, that it, it starts feeling a bit, well, formulaic or whatever. But, like, I, I feel like this episode, um, in this episode, I feel like they get it right. This is probably, I mean, little spoilers, this is probably either my favorite or my second favorite episode of, uh, of the season. Um, I feel like it's firing on all cylinders. And, I mean, all right, mm -hmm. all the guest stars... All the guest stars help, even though none of them really deform the world the same way that, say, um, that say a Rick Mail or or Tom Baker would. <laughs> but um, but just the the cumulative effect of uh, of um, so many of of the uh, of so many of those great comic actors, and it's a it's a brilliant. Like I said, to some extent, it feels like a little bit of a retread of um, of uh, Potato 
in as much as it's again mm-hmm. Blackadder decides he's he's going to fake going abroad uh, to win a bet basically and uh, and a little bit of chains as well a little bit yeah actually like I said another torture this time it's Hugh Laurie is too busy playing another character to go ahead and do a uh, a horrible accent uh, but, <laughs> but at least the this time the accent was right for the nation in which it was being portrayed as opposed to you know <laughs> that why he's doing German for uh, for the um, for the uh, the Spanish Inquisition, I'm not entirely sure, but uh, for me, that was part of what was so funny about that episode. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, and actually, I'd forgotten Chris Berry had more in this episode than I thought. For some reason, I just remembered him in that little, in that little bit in the beginning where he and in Fru Fru throw the insults at each other. But um, yeah, I think the um, the accents are very fun. I don't know how accurate they are, but I did enjoy them. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know if I care, but... <laughs> well, if there's one thing that the English are good for, it's for making utter fun of the French. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if you ever saw a show, show called Chef with Lenny Henry. I did, yeah. Um, and I, I love the fact, one of the very last episodes is um, the fact that uh, he's going for competition. You know, he's competing in some, some um, you know, world cooking competition and you know most of the the illustrious uh chefs are french and so they're making fun of him mm-hmm. the entire time they're calling him roast biff and uh <laughs> and, and for for him to be even more insulting he decides he's going to choose english wine uh to pair with it on top of it and they're all making fun of him and 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 just just i, I don't know for me that it's odd of all the things for me to point to as the english french rivalry but that one I, I sticks in my mind very very well and that dovetails very well with the um the wonderful name calling in this I, I might remember that one vaguely. Uh, yeah. It's been a while since I watched Chef, but I did watch a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, uh, what else can we say? Like, I, I think I feel like Baldrick had a lot to do in this one. Uh, oh yeah, it's sort of increased in this season anyway. But uh, in this one, there was a lot of good Baldrick stuff. Well, I like I mean, the fashion show. The fact that Percy isn't there, that you have one... Uh, I mean, Baldrick kind of takes more of that role on. Although, well, except for, of course, where I suppose uh, the Prince Regent gets it. But yeah. Yeah, he's he, he gets to not only be Baldrick and everything that entails, but also uh, kind of dreamily extol the Scarlet Pimpernel and all that <laughs> stuff, too. And, 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 of course, the monologue where it turns out that he was the horrible apparition in his parents' <laughs> house. It's still oh, my, poor Baldrick. my favorite delivery of, uh, and maybe one of my favorite Tony Robinson deliveries in the entire series is the, it's the Scarlet Pimpernel and you killed him. <laughs> yep. Uh, good stuff. Uh, yeah. I, um, what else can we say? I really enjoyed it. We had a little more Mrs. Miggins this time around as well. That's true. It's true. We I never I, found I... out what Scarlet, Pimp- no, we did find out what Scarlet Pimpernel sauce was. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> Squeezed frog. Well, you know, I mean, English cuisine, English cuisine, are, I, I feel like uh, it's usually less superior than French cuisine, but I don't know if that's just because of the fact that this is the English spin on French cuisine or what have you, but uh, yeah. I don't I'm, know. I'm not even gonna have you there. ever had escargot? You must have. Oh, yeah. I've had it many times. I love escargot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was very good, too. We yeah. had it on a cruise ship. Yeah. Um, uh, if you're familiar with the Left Bank, which is a, um, I would say chain, but it's really only two or three French restaurants around here that have had some good escargot. And actually, when I would go visit um, Laura's uh, family in, in Wisconsin for the holidays, um, there's a fancy restaurant in downtown La Crosse that, um, that had uh, usually escargot as appetizers and, and phenomenal. Uh, one of the best I've had anywhere, actually. 
I mean, it it is somewhat of, of just a buttery delivers <laughs> butter delivery system. But yeah, I see nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm not objecting. Yeah. Um, for some reason, this made me think also that uh, a, a local restaurant in the town where one of the towns where I grew up uh, had a restaurant that did uh, frog legs. And of course, as a little kid, I had to try those because how interesting is that? Mm. Uh, they were okay. Although the best frog legs <laughs> that I ever had, oddly enough, um, I, I don't know if you remember, I mean, when you still lived in, in San Jose, um, down by um, by Oak Ridge Mall, there was a, um, there was a, it was like a Chinese, Vietnamese, it, it was, it was multiple uh, buffet and they had like, I think it was actually a Vietnamese take on frog's legs on frog legs oh as part of the buffet. Yeah, and it was it was interesting. I thought it was it was like if you took chicken and made it taste a little fishy is about the only way I could describe yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um well, let's let's wrap up this business with uh with this episode, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um and uh as you will have heard by now, unless you listen to this part first, uh, we recorded the first part of this podcast last this time. Which means so we haven't recorded it, it yet. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we're doing a weird timey-wimey thing. So if you uh, if you skipped the uh, the ramble this time around in order to have the spoiler of who the guests were not spoiled for you, uh, in just a moment, you will be able to return to the beginning of this podcast and uh, complete the whole Pulp Fiction-y loop that we're on right now. Uh, but it, it means that we have to sign off, which is going to feel really weird, but we're going to have to do it. Are you ready, Jeff? I think so. <laughs> uh, this is really unsettling me for some reason, but I'm we, can, we can do this. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, well, uh, this has been, and also is about to be Drew. And this is the once and future Jeff. <laughs> and you have been listening to Starship. Podcast Warlock. Warlock. Bye, everybody, and hello. All right, now we'll pause and go. Neener, 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 neener. Oh, neener, I'm still neener. letting it run. <laughs> yeah, me too. Okay, good. Neener, 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 neener. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Starship Podcast Warlock. My name is Drew. My name is Jeff. And we are watching Black Adder 3, episode 3 today. Uh, and we uh, have done something a little strange this time around. Um, we're recording the segments of this episode out of order. And the reason is that Jeff informs me uh, that there are a lot of uh, special guests in this episode. And it's more fun if you don't know that they're coming. Uh, so if you, like me, don't know or don't remember who they are, you might want to do the same thing, uh, which means you stop listening to this part right now, you skip ahead to the second segment, which is us watching the, the show, and then you can continue through the end of that and loop back to this one. Or you could just shuffle them up and listen to them in whatever order you want. The choice is yours. Podcast so, version of 52 Pickup, I like it. <laughs> I Or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... We're about to reveal who they are uh, because we have watched the episode already and this is oddly disconcerting. Uh, So if you don't want to hear that, now is a good time to pause and then come back to it. I'll give you a second to do that. All right, it's time to reveal things. Uh, The three special guests in this episode are Tim McInerney, 
Nigel Planer, and Red Dwarf's Chris Berry. I assume, Jeff, that the one you had in mind for us to talk about their career was Chris Berry, am I right? Yes, given the fact that uh, that the other two have already been featured in the uh, in the show at this point, by process of elimination, yes. we come to Chris. Well, uh, I don't remember us talking about either of their careers, so we could do a little brief uh, uh, touch on them as well if we wanted to. Well, I mean, I think for for Nigel, we certainly talked about um, talked about um, the history oh, we of, did, didn't of we? yeah of of the different young ones. I mean, for him, it's. You know, he was paired with Peter Richardson, and so um, a lot of his stuff was, uh, um, you know, different as opposed to uh, Aiden and um, Aiden Rick being uh, paired for a lot of their stuff. Um, and Nigel, I think we talked about the fact that he did a lot of stuff on on uh, West End and Broadway. Uh, I think he originated the role of the wizard in the West End mm. version of Wicked. Um among other things, um, you know, Tim McInerney, we talked about before that, that he kind of went off into more serious roles. Uh, mm-hmm. He hasn't done a lot of comedy. And of course, even when he comes back in the, uh, I mean, and he was kind of serious in this one, even though it was partially funny. But when he comes back uh, next season, uh, the character that he's playing is, is entirely um, the straight man. And then uh, we see him be things like Lord Glover in um, in the latter seasons of Game of Thrones, and the mm-hmm. uh, the boss of the Ood in um, in uh, Blackadder, and he's just playing a straight up uh, straight Dr. up bad Who. guy. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yes, and uh, and playing a straight up bad guy at that point. So. Um, uh, um, yeah, I mean, he was. There was something else I was going to mention that he did, that I just uh, looked at. Maybe it was the Game of Thrones thing. Mm. I, I thought it was something else though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we we mentioned some of this before, but you know, in case you in case this is the first episode that you've listened to and you haven't listened to us beforehand, what are you thinking? But thank you for joining us. <laughs> weird, uh, even more disconcerting than this weird time thing we're doing right now. Um, he was in a bunch of films. He was in something. I, I don't know if the Casanova is. No, it's not. It's the Heath, Heath Ledger Casanova, which I've never seen. Hmm. I thought was it the David Tennant one, but it was not. Uh, yeah, he's done a lot of things that I haven't seen. Though, as I recall, didn't Chris Barry actually? Uh, was, uh, Chris Barry have a little bit of appearances in the Young Ones as well. So, in a way, we've seen. Uh, him a I don't know. Bit. We'll find out. Mm. Oh gosh, uh, Tim McInerney was in This Woman's Work, the video with Kate Bush. A lot of these people have been in Kate Bush videos. Huh? They all um, know each other. Uh, I'm I'm jumping ahead to Chris Barry, but. Chris Barry was the voice of Ronald Reagan in the video to the Genesis song "Land of Confusion." Oh my God! Really? In, yes, as in oh, because it's one heck of a nurse. Yes, it's one hell of a nurse. Mm-hmm. I've I've said that many many times over the years, and I had, had no idea it was him. Before you completely jump over to him, though. Oh um, yes, I'm sorry. I, I do want to say uh, that, that another Kate Bush connection to Blackadder. I think actually I might have mentioned this before. I must have taken uh, that that same pill that they do in this episode. But um, she and Rowan Atkinson did a song for Comic Relief. I remember saying that now. So let's mm-hmm. skip ahead to Chris Berry. I don't uh, know why you want to continue to talk about Kate Bush. I mean, why not? But, I mean, that's a very different episode. Um, oh, yeah. He was Laura Croft's butler yep, in I, the Tomb Raider films. I remember that. He was the ship's captain in the wall poster cutscene during Nasty. Oh, that's right. Because uh, he wanted to engage the woman as ship's cook and hedgehog. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. I remember that now. Yep. Wearing a similar hat, I think. Somewhat. Uh, he was Ronald Reagan in Two Tribes by Frankie Goes to Hollywood as well. Yeah. That's And Prince Charles on tag from Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. Yeah, that's 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 a very interesting um, mix. Yeah, let's let's talk about his other stuff and then loop back to Red Dwarf. I imagine you have some stuff to say about that. A little bit. Uh, let's see what else we have here. I think we may have hit a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the highlights. The voices of Jif Microliquid. Yeah, no I idea got, what that is. I got nothing. Oh, he was. Uh, he was on another Frankie Goes Hollywood song as, I guess, a DJ banning the single Relax, which is pretty funny. He, he was in three Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Yeah, interesting interesting uh, crossover. Oh, Art of Noise. Worked with them. Yeah, it's funny, though. I do remember you know seeing him in Tomb Raider and, and going like, wait, what? What the hell? Yeah, I, I'm a little surprised, but he he doesn't seem to have as long of a filmography as I sort of expected. I guess he spent a lot of time doing Red Dwarf. That's true. And um, of which, you know, he's done a fantastic job. I assume everybody here hopefully has seen him as uh, as Arnold Ace Rimmer. Um, <laughs> uh, and well, let's talk about... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go, go ahead. You were, you were going to say. Well, I was just going to say, let's talk about Red Dwarf a little bit. Okay. Um, I think I've mentioned before that it wasn't something that I kind of like... Uh, got seriously into, um, I think because, you know, I recognize the reason why it feels kind of small uh, to me now uh, in those early episodes was because, of course, they were filming a sitcom, so they were going to reuse the same sets, you know, and, and kind of just have the four of them do things. But when you're on a spaceship that supposedly, like, generations of cats have evolved into a humanoid cat and, like, all these things. Red Dwarf, the spaceship was supposed to be huge, wasn't it? Kind of, yeah. I mean, in, okay, yeah. So, like, it, it felt to me at the time like there should be more science fiction in this, but I was ignoring the fact that it's basically just a sitcom set in space. But I guess it got more elaborate as time went on, right? Well, that that is true. And actually, uh, on the other hand, I actually think it worked better when it worked more as a sitcom and less mm. of the science fiction. When they got more of a budget, I think it was less interesting, to be honest. Um, and uh, and they did have stuff like they did the backwards episode and uh, and a couple of I'd say the ones the early episodes were where they stuck more to kind of exploring little science fiction related uh, things, and it kind of feels like I feel like Futurama owes a little bit to. Uh, to mm. it in that regard, although maybe Rick and Morty, uh, Rick and Morty, obviously, you know, I mean, I think they were inspired by something like Silent Running, as well, with a guy kind of being trapped alone in in space. I mean, oh we could, yeah, huh. we could talk about sort of Voyager and the holographic Doctor, um, being potentially a little bit inspired as well. Mm -hmm. But, um, like, uh, yeah, it's funny. Uh, Red Dwarf and um, and Abfab are the two shows that, like, I feel like if you could put if you could drop something down after like maybe three seasons or four seasons or maybe maybe all the way to six for for uh, Red Dwarf, but I'd say three for Abfab and drop it there and say I'm done here, like that's a show mm -hmm. that I would gladly go go ahead and and do. I f uh, but on the other hand, I feel like it long since worn out its welcome. But when it was good, it was it was very good. I I love I especially love the first two seasons of Red Dwarf, um, mm -hmm. very much so and and. 
um, and various episodes of the later seasons. I mean, you know, once Crichton comes on. Um, all right, the, my favorite shot of Red Dwarf is Chris Barry wearing a gingham dress and having a uh, <laughs> having a, a penguin puppet on his head uh, on his hand as he has gone completely. Deadly and oh, mental. Mr. Fribble, Mr. Fribble, yes, um, I remember that. Yes, uh, that that's probably my favorite a dwarf episode. <laughs> Quarantine. Um, that one was pretty good. Oh yeah, um, as I recall, I I guess uh, I, I feel like I remember us marathoning that in slash after college. I, I I don't even think it was after college. I think it was during um, at various points. I remember. Um, yeah, you you showed that to me not too long after you first showed MST to me, it might, although it might have been during the summer in one, in one of our summer hangouts or something like that, but uh, it was still during college. I Did I introduce you to this? Oh, yes, you did. You did. Holy um, crow. As with the young ones, as with Blackadder, yeah. Um, I had no idea. Yeah. I just assumed that you know about everything before I do. Yeah, I know. It's it's uh, it's funny. I, I, I shouldn't tell you all these things. I should make you think <laughs> that I am I'm so, Oh, yeah, I introduced you to Red Dwarf. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, my bad memory. You can do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, yeah, I remember us uh, over at uh, Becca's house watching it. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I certain uh, part of which I was going to bring up. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, hold on. Um, we're we're going to turn this off for a second and then talk amongst ourselves and then come right back. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's exactly what I was going to bring up. That's I, I yep, have yep. I have specific memories of watching it in that place and watching like an MST episode as well. And and mm. um, yeah, those are fun times. Oh, was that was that the setting for Astro Boy toy? <laughs> Pardon me. I'm I think it was, my, wasn't I'm, it? I'm going to pour myself another drink. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was. There oh we go. Oh my gosh! I don't know if you could hear that, but that's the sound of scotch um, being open. I. I was about to tell the story, but I, I think we just wear out our welcome with our podcast listeners. Suffice to say... You can edit it later. <laughs> um, basically, we, we just had to explain a lot of jokes to a friend of ours, uh, and it was a lot of fun. That's all. Oh, see, I, I, I thought you were referring to somebody else. What? Um, talk. It's funny. Yeah, that's what I was mm-hmm. talking about. Okay, I sorry. I thought you were referring to something else. Yes. Um, nope. nope. Okay, nope, nope. never mind. Uh, well, anyway, after that inside joke has wrapped up, um, yes, we did watch a fair amount of Red Dwarf. Um, enjoyed it. Uh, and I I doubt I got past season three. But you, you like had the books, every though, now didn't and then. you? I, I didn't have the books. There I was a you... book. Yeah. There were, there were multiple books. Yeah, but I only had one. Okay. Yeah, it was like the beginning of it. So yeah. it, it kind of explains more about uh, the whole situation and feels a little more science fiction-y, which is maybe kind of why I had that weird impression of it. Interesting. But yeah, um, they've, I guess they've only had 74 episodes now that I look at this. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, you know, they would do six episode seasons or, or eight episode mm-hmm. seasons or whatever. And, and uh, there was a huge hiatus after season six really so that was only about 36 episodes at that point and and like i feel like they could have stopped at that point they could have actually take that back like there's uh a little bit of spoilers that um 
Rimmer leaves for a while for like a couple seasons and eventually comes back. And actually his leaving episode, which was not till season seven, that's actually a pretty good episode. Um, mm. uh, looking, looking at this, uh, I see that uh, Holly changed in season series three. So I definitely saw that. Mm-hmm. I definitely saw after Crichton became a regular, which apparently was also series three. Right. And then of course season, was it five or six where they... They they lose the red dwarf and they end up with Starbug instead. So they're then they are are actually on a little much smaller ship at that point. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw some of that. So maybe I have watched through season series six, but that was it. Yeah, and then seven or eight or whatever. They eventually end up back in Red Dwarf, and then the, the crew gets resurrected again. They end up with <laughs> R- Rimmer leaves, and they end up with an alternate universe Kochansky. Um, yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's funny how I can watch something like this and not remember it, whereas like I remember so many things from young ones. I guess it's just what you reinforce when well, you quote it all the time. It's true. On the other hand, you know, I mean, again, you're enjoying the hell out of this season of uh, of Blackadder, um, uh, as far as I can tell. So, uh, oh yes, like I mean, and and not just pleasantly. Like I think you're really really enjoying this, if I may say so myself um <laughs> yes your writing is terrific yes uh thank you thank you <laughs> um yeah no i mean it it is uh it is very enjoyable um it's going to be very difficult to rank this especially to interleave it with series two in particular mm-hmm. when we get to that so i'm not relishing that i don't know why we do these ranking things they're so difficult and i change my mind as soon as i've done it well that's part of the fun <laughs> well, speaking of fun, uh, maybe now is a good time for us to uh, go into the episode. Of course, we have already gone th- into the episode, um, but if anyone is listening to this in order because they're like, spoilers, I don't care, um, it, we're about to go into the episode. So, uh, I guess we'll take a short break now, and when we come back, if you're listening to this in order... You'll watch episode three of Black Adder Three. And we're done. God, that was confusing. I'm going to stop the recording now. <laughs> 